So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to give you kind of an overview. I'm looking at this long list of things that I need to go over today. And some of the highlights uh, that we're going to be covering today is one, gold. We have that massive gold breakout, right? Uh, if you guys caught that, there's been some insane uh, ability to make profits. We drew it out. I mean, guys, we did this together, but we, I mean, I'm probably going to do like three victory laps today. And I'm not doing that to brag, but I think it's valuable for you to know, uh, like there's a lot of influencers out there, kids that have been trading for three years on YouTube. And it's crazy to me that people will go to social media to go get professional training in the financial markets. In fact, it's mind blowing to me. And I watch a lot of these kids and people who have been in the market for a couple of years. And it's like, yeah, they got in, you know, three years ago, the market's done nothing but go up. And so they have no history. They have no, uh, they really have no clout when it comes to a sideways or a down market. And so we're really going to learn and you're going to see from an influencer standpoint, and people who are claiming to be trading professionals, you're really going to see the uh, the people with their pants down as the tide starts to go out. <laughs> but as uh, as I, I like to say, this is my opportunity to shine, and I get to do a couple victory laps. And so today, I'm actually probably going to do about three. The first one we're going to do is on gold. The second one we're going to do is how I called out the car market uh, falling out clear back in July. And the news is finally covering it and showing, you know, we're seeing up to 20% decreases in car prices. And by the way, I've got some data that shows it's still going to go that way. Uh, this is all really valuable market data. I know a lot of you are here for just trading, but once you learn how the markets work and once you learn how to trade, you don't, you don't just apply it to, you know, one single stock. You start to see like, oh my gosh, I can time things in all purchases in my life. And if I can be a little patient, I'm going to be a lot better than a lot better off than my neighbor. And we're already seeing like, if you just taken my advice on car purchases and waited, you you today would have like a 20% discount on your car compared to had you bought uh, back in July. And I've got lots of great data. A lot of, we're going to do a massive victory lap around that. Um, and then I have another victory lap that I'm doing around uh, interest rates. And we're going to talk about that also. I can't believe the crap that I heard from people and the negative feedback of these guys that are just hope they're smoking hopium. I don't know how else to say it. If there was a drug called hopium, I would say half of these traders and novice guys that don't know what the crap they're doing in the market, they somehow found this dealer who's dealing hopium. And it's probably the most potent drug in the market because it's so contagious that like, if you're in a position and you're long, you have a very strong cognitive bias that the market's going to keep going that way. And that's a very hard thing to keep in check that you need to be able to see the market without bias, even when you're in a trade that may be going up or maybe going down. So uh, regardless of that, we're going to go through that. It's going to sound like I'm bragging a lot today. And the only reason I'm doing that is I really want to set a, a kind of a standard or really kind of flex in a way to have you see like, you've got to be careful who you're listening to. You've got to be careful to who you're watching. Uh, and the way you can test it is the data. Go back into the things they said and then see if the prophecies or see if the <laughs> if their predictions are correct. And obviously people that don't make good predictions, you don't want to follow anymore, right? Uh, and so I'm just, for our new audience, I'm giving you some of those. I'm going to actually show you even some of the videos where I made those predictions so that you know I'm not just uh, got a lot of hot steam coming out, okay? So let's go ahead and go into gold. <laughs> I want to show you really quickly uh, what's been going on with our gold trade. So let me bring this up on our charts because we've been, I think we've done a fantastic job of this, by the way. And if you go back in, let me bring in my gold for market pulse. And by the way, I don't, I, I set these up and then I don't touch them until I meet with you guys again. So like these charts that I end up building, I don't touch them until we get back. So what you're seeing is what we saw last Friday. And then we're going to make some adjustments, but that way you can see, even if you're only, only if you have one day that you can trade in a week, that's enough. That's plenty. Or if you only have a, you know, 10 minutes in a day to trade. Like that's plenty. Once you start to figure out how to do really strong technical analysis and you know where to go to kind of check some things and make sure your work is done right, uh, this gets really easy. 
And if you remember last week, we became very bearish on gold. And the reason was the technicals were going that direction because we had a breakout uh, from our support and resistance lines. And let me tell you what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here. So this is a daily chart that you're seeing here on gold. Uh, this is specifically on the Forex market. So the way that they market is XAUUSD. But gold is gold, right? The price of gold, if you went to a dealer or a shop, or if you went to, uh, it, it just really doesn't matter. If you went somewhere to buy gold at like Monex or, and I'm not sponsoring or recommending any of these places, but you could go anywhere to buy physical gold or gold on paper. And the price is going to be generally about the same, right? And so these charts are going to look the same regardless of where you're buying gold. Even if it's coins versus spot, it just doesn't matter. It all follows the same trends. Well, last week, we had this breakout to the short side. We set our support levels. And you can see here at 1967. In fact, let me get some drawing tools out. I think this will help you guys. I don't do this very much, but I, I find that this is helpful. So here, here's my mouse. I'm going to... Do some little spotlighting here. Uh, okay. Oh, no, I'm going to have to do a bunch of settings to do that. So we're not going to do that. I'll just keep show you the mouse. But if you could see here, uh, 1967, we set up this resistance where it's like this price, it's hit it multiple times going backwards. We really think that this is strong uh, resistance. We had strong support at 1882. Obviously, the 2000 level, because it's a rounded number, was resistance above that level. We had support at 1848, which you can see here. And if you go down, we are like, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up, guys. We drew a non-linear channel into the short side that went from this point here, clear back into, what is that, July? From the, from the high of May, and then we hit some new highs in here, set a new high back in September, drew in the, the channel and this chart, because of this upward channel, remember the pressure that was building? Uh, if you guys were with me two weeks ago, you saw this pressure building in the price. And I told you, if when this thing breaks, it's going to break hard. And then it's going to likely feel some resistance at the 1882 level. If it breaks that, it's going to break hard. We said, if it went up, it's going to do the same thing. And then now you're following fundamentals. So this is all the technical analysis. You, this is basically a swing trade, you could say, uh, to the buy or the sell side. Oh, sorry, guys. <clears throat> Sounds like my fire alarm's going off. Um, so anyways, onto the short side of this, you can see that we set our support and resistance levels up perfect on this. 1802 was our support. Oops, don't want to touch that. And this is literally falling perfectly still within our short channel. And it's bouncing off the 18, you could call it the 1800. We could move this up a little. I like, I like drawing them in myself, so I'm going to keep it at 1802. But really, this is a perfect chart. Like we, we couldn't have drawn this better. And you guys will learn over time how to do this. You'll learn how to draw these charts yourself because what's the trade now? What's the opportunity? And that's what we're going to go into. And I have one on the S&P 500 also because we've had some really great opportunities to be trading the S&P 500. And it's all based on technicals. So if I were sitting where we're at now, we have, this is a more... This, this is a more difficult place to be in the market to make a trade. And that's why we're actually seeing some retracement and we'll likely see some consolidation. We are now at the bottom of our channel. So you see how we've come down and we're really getting close to the bottom of this channel. When that happens, <clears throat> we're still in a short trend. And so like going short is going to be safer than going long because we're in this trend and we haven't had any signs of a breakout yet. However, We've got a lot of movement. Like this could, if you were to extend this line, ugh, I've got to do this without screwing up our channel. I'm gonna I'm gonna expand this so that we can see it going into the future. But if you guys take this and you really blow it out, move this back down where I had it. Mm. 
There we go. But if you see this going down, you can see we've got more room to go up in this channel than we do going down. But every day next week that goes by, you're going to see less and less and less opportunity for it to go up. There'll be more and more pressure pushing it down because of the channel. Now the non, now the linear support resistance, it's going to be the same, right? If we were to get rid of this channel that's going down, you're going to have pressure at 1882 pushing the market down. You're going to have it hit at 1848 also pushing it down, and then at 1802 pushing it up. So right now, this is a this is like where you could like kind of transition your strategy. We don't have a lot of pressure building up like we did before back here. I'm going to fix this just a little bit. Uh, where this kind of funnel was kicking in over here, we don't have that going on anymore. So this, this pressure where it could go up or down, that doesn't exist right now. What we have is probably a level of consolidation. So you could trade sideways is what I would call it. And I would guess if I were to draw this just based on doing this for 15 years, if I were to guess where this was going, I would say it's probably going to be sideways. And you'll probably see Monday look this way, Tuesday, unless we have some major fundamental move. And so I'm going to mark it this way. And the reason that this is positive is now you can do what's called micro technical trading. You can go, okay, this is cool. I love consolidation. Let's go in now into my four hour chart. And then you go into your four hour chart and you start just marking up support and resistance levels. So you go way back into the price and you're just looking for these micro support and resistance levels going way back. And so we're going to draw a couple of those in on the four hour chart. Clearly we've got one. 1800 is going to be a big one, guys. You can see that the price at 1800 on gold is clearly going to bounce. I mean, it's, it's a rounded number. It's also responsive. So that's likely going to happen. Then I'm going to look for some stuff above this level. 1856, it's a little high. Let's see if we can find anything lower. It looks like we've got a break in here. Oh, that's really close. Okay, good. And so now you, you, it's like, okay, well, what do we do? We sell when it gets close to 1835. We buy when it gets to 18. And we're just constantly taking these little micro scalps. And that's really what gold uh, looks like for the next couple of days. If I was going to making a trade today, I'd prefer Monday, by the way, because you have the whole weekend of fundamentals to happen. And that's going to be tough to trade. Uh, but you, maybe you wake up Sunday night or you come into the market Sunday night. And you're like, what am I going to do with this? That would, if as long as it's staying within these parameters, pressure to the sell side, the higher it's up, pressure to the buy side, the lower it's down. And these are micro trades, guys. You're taking your take profits inside this kind of hot zone. You want to stay out of taking take profits above here and below here, especially during a consolidation period. So that's my take on gold right now. Let me zoom back out of this so you can see it again. Bring this back over. <clears throat> and there we go. Okay, perfect. So there it is. I'm gonna leave that here for next week. We'll see how we did. And uh, as you guys move along through this, you'll kind of get a sense of uh, what's going on in the market. Now, uh, something I like to do, <clears throat> Well, am I going to do that today? No, we'll come back to that. We might do a uh, mass indicator technical analysis on gold. Uh, I bet you if we were to look at it, it is towards the short side, but it has gone more neutral since last Friday when we checked in and we had this breakout. All right, so let's go into news. So there's a lot of news coming out. Oh, here's a fun one. Here's a fun news thing that I have to tie in with gold. You guys got to see this. And I do this for my users. Because frankly, um, there's value in knowing these little things that happen in the market. So I want to talk to you about gold. How, how many of you guys knew that Costco sells gold? And again, I, I am not a sponsor of Costco. I am not getting paid to uh, endorse Costco at this point. But how many of you guys knew that this happens, that Costco actually lists gold? I want to show you this video where... Costco is selling out of their gold, but there's actually a carrot there. So I'm going to have you watch this really short clip. And then I'm going to 
tell you a little trick, a little secret that I learned about commodities uh, back in 2008, because I called, it was 2000, let's see, when was it? 2008, 2009, I called the silver spike that happened where silver literally doubled in like a 16 month period. And I was telling people for the first time in years, and I don't do this very often, I was like, you need to buy a ton of silver, silver, everything, all the indicators are going off, the silver is going to spike. And sure enough, uh, the banks couldn't keep the price suppressed. In fact, JP Morgan Chase has been fined multiple times for manipulating the silver uh, market. And there was so much pressure that they could not keep the price down uh, with their uh, derivative trading that they were using to to help keep pressure on the market. And so having said that, uh, I'm not saying that about gold right now, but I am pretty bullish long-term on gold uh, just because of inflation. It really doesn't have to do with like supply and demand and like we're making a bunch of new stuff with gold, but uh, I'm pretty bullish long-term. And so if you're interested in buying physical gold that you're actually holding, which I highly recommend for all of our members, you should have some physical commodity. In fact, here's a really great example of this. Uh, I don't know if you guys could see this, See if I can do it in a way that you guys can see it. Oof. Whoa. There we go. There we go. So this is a, oh, yeah, there we go. This is a Zimbabwe dollar. And you can see on here, it's a hundred trillion. So this is a hundred trillion dollars of Zimbabwe cash from the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. And this is a one uh, troy ounce of silver, right? And on the bottom, it says the real money. Well, this is just an illustration to remind people of what inflation can do. And Ray Dalio is already called a debt spiral for this economy and says that we're even in the fourth turning as a currency uh, in terms of all the currencies that have ever existed since the beginning of time. And one of his books called, uh, what, is, what is the book that I would recommend? I'll look it up in a second. But one of his books that recently came out talks about the fourth turning and how uh Really, there's principles for navigating like currencies. And right now the dollar is, we are de-dollarizing. And so is Russia, so is China. And they're trying to find ways to not use the dollar to buy oil. Uh, I would say that's probably the biggest move is the petrol dollar we're really trying to get away from. But uh, because of that, owning the actual asset, you know, one gold ounce is always going to be worth one gold ounce. One ounce of silver is always going to be worth one ounce of silver. What happens with the dollar and the markets, the value of it, you know, starts to shift with what you can get for a, an ounce. Uh, but a lot of that has to do with how well we're managing our economy. And right now, guys, that's not great. And that's why you, you saw even in the charts the last couple of years, gold has hit all time highs. It's been trying to peak and break through this $2,000 uh, price point. And so let me... Bring this back. I'm going to share this. Here's just a fun clip. I like doing this for you guys because it's it's kind of fun. But I'm going to play this real quick and then we'll... Old. Costco is now... <coughs> You know, All right, hope you guys can hear that. Costco, that now includes gold. Costco is now selling one ounce gold bars. They're already selling out fast across the country. Look at them there. Members can purchase the 24 karat gold bars from a Rand refinery for $1,949 or one ounce bars from Palm Suisse for $1,979. They cannot be refunded or returned. There is a limit of two per customer. You don't want to return them anyway, so that's not a big deal. But what is a big deal is you can buy these at market price. And by the way, I buy uh, physical gold. And to get gold at that price is about market price because you pay over spot. So if you're like, wow, that seems really high compared to the chart price. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, it costs money to print it. And the value of, you know, the print is worth more than some other coins. And that's just the market. But what's cool about this, I'm going to give you a little tip, is if you have a Costco card, how many of you guys know this trick? You go to Costco, you get that you pay a little extra for their high-end card. And what do you get in return for using the card at Costco and using other purchases? Well, you get 2% back. And so essentially, if you use your Costco card and you max out your two coins, maybe you get your spouse and a couple other people to buy uh, gold for you using their card or using your card, uh, you get 2% back. And so the reason they're selling out is you're actually getting a discount on gold and the, the current price, spot price of gold. Why? 
merely because uh, you're a member. And so there's a lot of these little tricks. Uh, back in 2008, I'll share a really unique thing that some people were doing. Uh, and this just gives you an idea of like how people are making crazy money in like really weird markets for limited uh, periods of time. The U.S. Mint was selling, um, they were selling their coins. They were selling uh, their minted uh, coins. So you could go to the U.S. Mint and buy, you know, a ton of quarters or uh, you could buy a bunch of silver uh, eagles or whatever, and you could buy them with a credit card at the spot price. You could buy quarters, you could buy, uh, you know, not silver dollars, but like, you know, coins, and you could buy it at the actual price. So you could go to the mint, buy it at the actual price, but people were using credit cards and they were getting all these points. And then what were they doing with the coins? They were going back to the bank and they were taking this stockpile, you know, this pallet of quarters and taking it to the bank exchanging it, paying off their credit card bill, and then using the points to go on vacation. And I had traders that were literally going on their Christmas vacation on the points that they used, just taking advantage of the mint. Now, this has changed since then, but you got to look for little opportunities like this. Obviously, the two coin or the two bar limit at Costco, you're not going to be able to get much out of that. But you got to watch for little things like this because, uh, you know, I'm not a big believer of like focusing on saving. I'm more focused on earning. But when you see little things like this, you can find massive ways to earn uh, in a very short period of time because people just aren't paying attention to the market. And our government is just, the, the fact that they allow that to happen for so long, they were taking the cost of the credit card fee for you to obtain something at spot price without charging the difference. It was like mind blowing, but this was back in 2008. So anyways, that wraps up my gold segment. Let me... We're going to go into the psychology piece really quick here. I think this is valuable for all of our traders. Um, this is our pretty quick principle. And so we won't spend a ton of time on this, but I want to share with you something that's coming out in my book uh, in April. And we've, we have solidified my title. It's going to be called Blinded by Your Strengths, which is really a, a metaphor about how our strengths actually keep us stuck. They keep us stuck doing the same patterns, the same bad uh behaviors, habits, and so forth. Because when we go out to make the change, we actually use our strength rather than focusing on what's weak. And there's a whole, I don't want to spend the whole day on this uh, or this whole webinar on this, but I want to share with you this three P's that's going to be in my book. This, this builds up to what we'll be going over next week, which is my integrity intervention. But the three P's are really simple. And this is really around breaking habits. This is really about your trading. This is really about your finance. And right now there is a bracket. You could even say like your income is like candles on a chart. It goes up and down, but generally speaking, you could say we could map it on a chart over the last five years and it probably lives within a support and resistance level. Fascinating, right? It's like, huh, I never really thought about that. My tax returns probably live within this level. And when you have a breakout, it's usually pretty radical to the downside or the upside. And then you're usually in a new bracket after that. Well, how do we break the habit of that? This, it all has to do with habits because you and I have the same amount of hours in the day. You and I have the same amount of available information. I mean, we live in this abundant world of information now. And so really, it's not about like skill. It's not about like, you know, privileged information. It's more about like, do I have... And am I the machinery that can actually get the result that I want out of my life? In this case, trading, profitable trading, increasing my wealth, financial freedom, right? I would say we're all in the same boat on that. Well, the three Ps are really simple. It's prompting, pattern, prize. And if there's something you're working towards, let's say you've got a, a uh, trading methodology. Let's say you've got a system. Let's say you have a plan. And that's crucial, by the way, in trading, to have a trading plan. And for whatever reason, you break it, right? Like one night you watch some news article and you put in a random trade and you totally didn't follow your plan. Well, that is a break of your habit. That's a break. That's actually a, uh, a it's a crack in your integrity foundation in terms of your trading. And you might get lucky, but realistically, there's no way to predict. There's no way to know that if what you did can be scaled, can be repeated, and you're pretty much just pulling the lever in Vegas. 
And we don't want to do that because there's ways to make money that are way more probable than just going to Vegas, right? And so what prompting means is something you use to kind of prick you, right? Almost like a shock collar that you'd have on that when you go to like watch the news, you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this stock. The thing shocks you. And it's like, no, remember? And then what happens is you go to pattern. Well, what's the pattern? What's the new structure or the new thing I'm going to do that's going to not be the thing that gets me in trouble? And then you reward yourself. And this part is crucial. We miss this so much. A lot of times the way I do this is I don't eat. It's like, I've got to get my videos out before this time, or I've got to get my videos out and I'm not going to do it. And my prize is I get to eat afterwards. Or maybe like you enjoy a, a, a nice coffee, or maybe you like to have, you know, this ice cream at the end of the night or whatever. Find something that you love about your day, something that you crave, and then tie whatever the thing is, the new pattern that you're trying to massage and create, the thing that you're trying to, the habit you're trying to break or create. And don't give yourself the prize until after. If you do it before, you will... You're going to break this concept because we are we are machines fed by dopamine and dopamine is the prize. And the way we get dopamine is a million ways, right? You get it from exercising, you get it from treats, you get it from sugar, you get it from drugs, you get it from TV, interactions with other people, playing games, all of the things, all these things create dopamine. Now, I'm not recommending that uh, drugs is your prize, but I'm just saying these, realistically, these are all things that... Uh, that like hit dopamine spikes, right? And that's why people that have addiction problems, the the issue with a your dopamine spikes is you're constantly hitting your dopamine spike and that becomes the new normal. And then when you go out into the real world, you're trying to live in that space and that's just not healthy. So it's okay not to feel and you're high of dopamine all the time. That's okay. You don't have to be on TikTok all day, right? To like get your dopamine spikes. And that's why those type of things can be really detrimental to your life and especially your wealth is because as a human, it's actually not healthy to be living in that space. And so the three P's are simple. Create a prompt. This can be a symbol or a minder, shock collar, something that's going to remind you that like, hey, hey, we stick to our trading plan. No, no, you don't buy that new car until you check the market. No, no, no. You don't buy that new thing that's going to cost a bunch of money until you look into the market and you really figure out like what's the cost and is this a good time to buy and you create some type of pattern a bracelet it can be a necklace it can be uh some type of symbol people go extreme and get tattoos it just doesn't matter it needs to be something you remember it could be a sign something that sits in your car something you stick on the back of your door as you're leaving your house you know i have symbols and reminders everywhere guys i've got one here on my desk another one here i've got them in my bathroom and they're there to remind me of this thing that I'm doing, because as a human, it is not natural for us to sit in pain. It just isn't. And it's just pain. Dopamine feels great, but you can't live in a high of dopamine all the time. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your cortisol. Uh, so you have to learn to deal with like not living at a high dopamine level and not feeling like spiked on on uh, life all the time, right? It doesn't mean that you can't learn to like naturally be in a higher bracket, but uh, realistically, you've got to start creating prompts, uh, patterns, and then reward yourself when you finally do the pattern that you're normally not used to doing. So it's like giving yourself a pat on the back, right? And I'm, I'm going to actually do that today. As weird as it sounds, I'm going to give myself a little dopamine rush by doing a victory lap on some things I predicted. And today I'm going to report on it. And I have no shame. And I'm not a narcissist. I'm not like some psycho who's like, you know, doing this for my own, but I'm, I'm doing it because I want to reinforce that when I'm right about the market, I get to take a victory lap. When I make a prediction that's correct, I get to acknowledge it and I get to celebrate it. And I'm going to do that with you guys today for my benefit and probably more than it is for yours. And so it's about creating those patterns. It's really powerful, especially when it comes to your wealth, because naturally we're not designed to do that. All right. So having said that, let's go into this Oh, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy. This this is crazy, guys. I I don't know what to say about this other than we're living in a totally new world. The world our kids are going to be going into is going to be really tough to navigate. And I want you to watch this short four-minute clip because this part
part of Matt Gates' speech is actually why Kevin McCarthy got kicked out. It's why Kevin McCarthy is no longer the Speaker of the House. And a lot of you may not know this. You're like, oh, who's Kevin McCarthy? Uh, you should know who Kevin McCarthy is. There's the president, there's the vice president, and then there's the House Speaker. That is the line of authority in this country. If the president dies, the vice president dies, guess who our new commander in chief is? It's the House Speaker. So a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, I get that. I get like, you know, we don't really pay a lot of attention to the vice president. We don't pay a lot of attention to the House Speaker, but they have a lot of power. And here is why he got kicked out. He got outvoted. Uh, even his own party members voted him out. And there's some reasons. And there's going to be some implications. Before you watch this, I want you to be thinking about last week, what I talked about. Last week, we talked about how there's going. there was a 90% chance, I think it was Goldman Sachs who quoted, their analysts said there was a 90% chance, uh, percent chance based on what Congress is doing and patterns from the past that we will have a government shutdown, 90%. Well, that number just went up after this happened this week. So here you guys go. Let me bring this up. Mr. Speaker, I rise to raise a question. What was the secret side deal on Ukraine? House Democrats and President Biden have said that as Speaker McCarthy was asking Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution so as to avoid having to take the Senate's plus up in Ukraine money, to this floor with President Biden and House Democrats. So let me get this straight. To extend Joe Biden's spending and Joe Biden's policy priorities, the Speaker of the House gave away to Joe Biden the money for Ukraine that Joe Biden wanted. It is going to be difficult for my Republican friends to keep calling President Biden feeble while he continues to take Speaker McCarthy's lunch money in every negotiation. The Speaker of the House has responded to these reports of a secret side deal on money for Ukraine, opaquely stating that he still wants to fund Ukraine and our border. I have a few replies to this statement. First, the Speaker's statement confirms the existence of a secret deal. And I have talked to members of our own leadership who have said they didn't even know that Speaker McCarthy was negotiating a secret side deal outside of our conference, outside of his own leadership team, for the sake of Ukraine. Second, Ukraine has lost the support of a majority of the majority. The last time there was a freestanding Ukraine vote on this floor, it was last week. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. How many of you, by the way, like we are sending billions of dollars. In fact, we just obviously, you know, Kevin McCarthy just voted it in uh, and we just sent billions of dollars and even more money uh, through some. If you do some research on this through an obfuscated way that even the public can't track the dollar amount. But we are continuing to send billions of dollars for this proxy war in Ukraine that, frankly, we started like it. There's a lot of, I could do a whole podcast on just that, but we started the war in Ukraine. NATO is, is the reason. And it really, we could have avoided that war completely. And now we've basically forced ourselves into a proxy war that potentially could put us into a uh, national emergency and, and a global war. What? How many of you guys got that uh, text alert this week? Why do you think they're doing that? Have you guys been watching what's going on in China and Russia right now? They're not doing text alerts. They are doing bomb drills right now. They are doing nuclear bomb drills. They are building new uh, silos and new uh, support places for people to go hide in during these drills. They're putting up new sirens. And so we're, even though, you know, luckily we have these oceans <laughs> between us and if something came over, it's said that we'd be able to shoot anything down coming uh, across our Atlantic or Pacific Ocean. But there's a reason we got a text this week. 
And it's because we started a proxy war that now Russia is flying nuclear planes. They're getting their, their planes ready. They're, they're putting their submarines out. And we were actually on red alert this week. Most people don't know this. The news did not like covering this. But we actually had a day that this country was on red alert. Guess when it was? Two days before you guys got that text. And so there's a lot going on right now. Ukraine's part of this war, but that, that's kind of a political... Uh, and obviously, there's going to be uh, macro, microeconomic moves because of a war. War definitely moves the market. But what we're doing around this government shutdown will be immediate. There will be immediate consequences in the market for it. And what happened with Kevin McCarthy, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. I don't completely understand the, like why and how this happened, but there's going to be impact. And now you can almost rest assured that we will have a shutdown. If you work for the government, you will go without a paycheck for a little while. And there's no, you're just going to have to wait. Will you get it eventually? I think so. Uh, it's very likely that's what typically happens. But you will go some time without a paycheck. And we're already, this is what I want you to piece together. This month, it is like the month where consumers finally lost their strength. The one thing holding this entire bubble up, the, the house of cards up, has been consumers. We fed consumers a ton of stimulus money, and that money has kept them afloat and has really floated our economy until this month, until savings account this month went into the negative. So savings accounts were enormous. And you guys saw my report on that a couple of weeks ago. And we just depleted all savings accounts nationally. This is averages, by the way. Some of you guys are going, what? My savings account sells money in it. No, I'm talking about averages. Averages, savings accounts went to the negative. Consumer debt went to an all-time high above 2008. And now we're doing a government shutdown, which I just want you to piece this together. When the government doesn't give the government employees a paycheck, and some of you on this in this room may be government employees, when you don't get your paycheck, do you think you're going to go out and buy things at the same pace and the same rate as usual? No way. And so there will be negative impact in the market because consumer spending is already going down. My prediction, here we go. Here's another prediction that I, I hope to do a victory lap around, but I feel very confident around. This Christmas will be the lowest we've had in the last three years. <clears throat> consumer spending, my prediction is, will be lower this Christmas, reports and spending from consumers will be lower than it's been the last three years. And the reason is, is frankly, we just don't have the money. Consumers don't have the money. And this will be short-term, you know, consumers will get their paycheck later, but short-term there will be impact in the market. And that's why I'm bringing this up. So let's let's finish the video really quick. I think it's valuable to see what, uh, this is Matt Gates and what he had to say. Uh, and then we'll move on from 101 Republicans voted for it. 117 Republicans voted against it. According to the Hastert rule, which Speaker McCarthy agreed to in January, you cannot use Democrats to roll a majority of the majority, certainly on something as consequential as Ukraine. So for all the crocodile tears about what may happen later this week about a motion to vacate, working with the Democrats is a yellow brick road that has been paved by Speaker McCarthy whether it was the debt limit deal, the CR, or now the secret deal on Ukraine. For, or third, this is swampy log rolling. The American people deserve single subject bills. I get that a lot of folks might disagree with my perspectives on the border or on Ukraine, but can we at least agree that no matter how you feel about Ukraine or the southern border, they each deserve the dignity of their own consideration and should not be rolled together where they might pass where each individually wouldn't? This is what we're trying to get away from. This is the spirit of the January agreement we made with the speaker. No more lashing these disparate issues together so that the American people's interests are subjugated here on the floor of the House. All right, that's probably good for this. So consensus, summary, shutdown. Goldman Sachs said 90% likely because of this. I think it just went to 100%. They're Where do you think Congress's focus is now? You think it's on making sure that uh, we don't have a government shutdown? No. In fact, did you know they still get paid? All their, everyone else doesn't, but they do. They still get their paychecks. Yeah, I would be writing our Congress members, by the, by the way. I, 
I would be lashing out and reaching out to whoever your representatives are in whatever states you guys live in, because this is a joke. I don't think in any business, if these guys were my executives and they didn't have things figured out to pay payroll to my employees, they would be fired. That is like the most sensitive thing in a company. Like imagine you work, well, if you work for the government, you're going to get to experience this. But for those of you who don't, imagine you work for me or for someone else and they're like, you know what? Uh, we're going to have to pay you next week. We're having some issues. We have the money, but like, we're, it's going to take a week. And then the next week they go, yeah, you know, we've just been really busy. Uh, we're going to have to pay you the next week. You think you're going to stay around in that job? No, no. Like it, it just, it dissolves all credibility. It dissolves all financial sta stability that you had and perception you had around the market or this business, or in this case, the government. And so this is going to mess with consumer sentiment. No question. We already have the consumer effect that we don't have money in savings accounts. we got all-time high debts. And then you add, we can't pay you. What do you think that's going to do with confidence? I guarantee consumer confidence is going to drop also. And guys, how do the market is a emotional consumer sentiment of what we believe the future will hold. And do you think this is positive or negative towards sentiment? It's negative. And so the market's going to react to this. And the news, when the shutdown happens, there's going to be, it's going to be, everyone's going to be talking about it on the news. And so it will, it will roll over any positive news the market has to say. It will roll over, it will be the main topic. And, and those in politics, they're going to use it for their political game. They're going to use your loss in your 401ks, your pensions, the drop in the market, they will literally leverage that for their political gain to have a, their five minutes of, I mean, even me showing you this is evidence, but to have their little five minutes of fame in front of the world for their own political gain, for their own political posturing. So there's obviously some stuff that we need to figure out around this. I'm hoping that all this jarring will create some, uh, some bipartisanship between parties, but we're going to have to wait and see. All right. So up next, gosh, I'm moving a little slow today. Up next, uh, I'm going to talk about my victory lap. You guys are going to love this, by the way, because my victory laps are your victory laps in a way, especially if you're following me and you're, uh, you know, obviously I'm not giving direct financial advice, but if you're following this, you're doing your own research. I, I just don't see how you wouldn't benefit from this information. So let me bring this up really quick. This just came out October 2nd, and this is my victory lap because clear back into May, May, people were saying, oh, we're going to start seeing rate drops in the first, maybe second quarter of 2024. And I, the through the data, I, and I don't know, maybe some people are only looking at two data pieces or four data pieces. I'm looking at everything I can get my hands on. And I weigh it. I have a scale that I put it on. And then I go, okay, how does this affect everything else? And I, it was very clear to me. There's no way we're going to have rate drops. I just, I can't see it. CPI is an old indicator that the feds are using. There's a bunch of other things like ratings for Moody's and, uh, you know, these credit ratings for banks that are clearly misleading and off probably by three years. And it just had me see like, there, there's just no way. And in fact, I'm gonna, I'll give you my prediction after this. So feds are now saying higher for longer. And even you can see here, fed policymakers see rates staying high for some time. And so now in the market, analysts are literally now penciling in third, uh, excuse me, fourth quarter of next year is the soonest that we could see rates drop. And so a lot of people go, well, I don't, Matt, how does this affect me? Oh my gosh, guys, this affects everyone. Rate hikes are detrimental to an economy. They, they drive us into recessions. Keeping rates high affect everything. And let me, let me give you just a couple examples of things that are happening in the market today where this rate hike staying up longer uh, affects basically your bottom line. Um, startup companies, if you work for a startup, if you work for some company that's been funded by the public, it's not publicly traded yet, uh, and they're hoping to get more funds to keep you, your job, and the company afloat for the next couple of years. Well, 
This did two things. One, it made the ability for you to raise funds that much more difficult in the near future. And so if you don't have runway in your company, if you don't have cash, not debt, cash for at least a couple of years, you can count on your company going out of business. In fact, I would say if you're a new startup and you don't have two to three years of runway, if you're not making profits right now, you're not already cash positive and living and operating off that cash. If you don't have two to three years of runway, you're going out of business in the next 18 months. It's just an easy prediction. You can do the math on it. And most of these founders are not economists. They don't understand that. And I'm going to my founders. I'm going to my CEOs right now. And I'm saying, you've got to tighten up right now. You, and they're already beat up. They're already exhausted. And a lot of people don't know that because they, you know, they, they do a good job showing face to their employees and their teams. But they're already exhausted. And for me to have to go back and say, yeah, you got to do this for another year. You need to tighten up, lean up. You need to possibly fire more people, get costs down more and get cash positive as quickly as possible. That's a scary thing. And we're seeing the effects of it in the market already. What's happening today, and I, I didn't bring this up, but what's happening today, this month, we finally saw the, the thing I've been talking about. And this is, again, a prediction that I'm waiting to, to do a victory lap on. But the house of cards that are, you know, this whole financial system is built on, Every data piece has been negative this year. And you guys have heard me talking about this from real estate, CREs, to bank failures, to the stock market, to inflation, like all of it, higher interest rates, everything is seeing re recession. But it's like, why isn't the market reacting? Why is the S&P so freaking high still? I'll tell you why. <clears throat> it's because the impact from the consumer hasn't hit yet. And what's, what's going to happen with rates, what's going to happen with uh, the last two cards that I've been following will be the tipping point. And if you haven't been in a crash, if you haven't been trading through a crash, crashes happen like escalators. Growth happens like stairs, right? When a crash happens, it goes like this. When growth happens, it goes like this. And so the slope is radically different. And so that's why people... When they're like, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Guys like Michael Burry from the Big Short will sit and they sat in a position for almost a year, right? And people thought he was crazy, but ultimately right. Because when there is a bubble, it will pop. It's just a matter of like how, when, and when it does, it happens really quick. So here are the two uh, cards that I've been waiting for to see a market crash, literally a crash like S&P 500 dropping below 4,000. It's, it has everything to do with employment. Consumers have been the one piece holding this whole market up because of stimulus. Unfortunately, consumers are not great asset allocators. So they're not good at putting money into things that have growth and like make the economy grow. They buy side by sides and new cars and second homes. And right. And that's why we've seen prices go up like crazy, uh, especially in those asset classes. But the two things holding this up is consumers. And so what's the two data pieces that are going to cause this whole house of cards to fall? It's unemployment and job openings. And today, job openings, in fact, I don't even know if it came out yet, but job openings is the one data piece today that everyone's watching. It's predicted that there's going to be less job openings than we had in the future. And we're already seeing unemployment numbers starting to tick up. And then you have to calculate the one data piece that there's really not a chart for, and that's underemployed. Because of inflation, how many of you got an inflation raise? Just sit with that for a second. How many of you got an inflation raise? Meaning inflation went up, but did your paycheck go up by at least that same percentage, at least that same amount? And if it didn't, then what happened is now you are more underemployed. You're making less based on the whole market structure. And I'm not saying you could, you could go to your employer right now and ask for that. You couldn't go to me and ask for that right now because frankly, we're doing the lean up thing right now, right? If anything, I'm, I'm looking for ways to shrink my, my scalability, get more production for less because we're going into scary territory. And so it's very likely your boss or whoever's running the company is not going to do that because they frankly don't have the money. And if you think they're getting those bonuses, it, it, it's, it's actually not real. Um, so anyways, there's my victory lap. Higher, longer, it's, I'm sorry, it is a doom and gloom uh, outlook, but that's just the truth, guys. 
Here's another one I'm going to bring up really quick. I'm going to do my victory lap around car prices. For those of you looking to buy a car, trade a car right now, according to my opinion, is not the time for that. I want to show you a quick clip I did just to just to prove, just to show that I'm not making this stuff up, guys. This was something I did clear back. Uh, I'm sure I have to do that. But this is something I did clear back in seven, nine. So what is that? January, February, March, April, May, June, July. So this I did mid-July and people were calling me crazy. You know, I had, you know, almost uh, 300,000 views on this video, two, uh, 321 comments. You guys should read through some of these comments. People called me crazy. People said, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? News has come out that we have seen almost 20% drops in new car prices. And my favorite car manufacturer, Tesla, just came out with their data piece. And I want you to see this. So here's an article that came out just this month. This is why you guys wanna hang around me. It's because I get you the data way before the news. This is September 22nd, so this was the end of last month. This just came out, new car prices, uh, or the new car market prices are about to plummet, is now the right time to buy. And then it talks about some of the drops in the market. And then I'm going to show you something that literally came in last week. And this is a fascinating chart. It's by my favorite entrepreneur, Elon Musk at Tesla. And look at these price drops, guys. This is Tesla. This is a probably the most de high demand uh, car in the U.S. today. And they know. They just know the market. Elon's brilliant. He hires some of the best economists for his company. And they just know if they're going to be competitive. They're going to stay the best. They're going to have to drop prices. And they did. Look at the new prices versus the old prices. Look at the difference. Model 3s are going to be 6% less right now. The uh, Which one had the biggest drop? Oh, yeah. The Y long range almost dropped 20% in price, guys. Now, a lot of you are going, great. I guess now's the time to buy I'm still saying end of this year, early next. So if you if you can get a slight repair on your car and you don't need to trade it in, I would say wait. Wait till early next year. This is going to get better, not worse. And it's the same for used car market. It's going to get better, not worse. So if you can hold off, guys, how much is 20%? $13,000. Like a lot of us just don't put this together. We go buy a car because we finance it. We think, oh, it's just a monthly payment. How many of you guys could use an extra 13 grand in your trading account? That's what we're talking about. A 20% difference in your car purchase could be the difference in $10,000 in your trading account. And that is a massive difference. And for those of you who just follow along, I'm here to give you little tips on how to add money to your trading account so that you can start growing your wealth at a faster pace. All right. So there's my second victory lap. Um, and then, uh, I don't like this one, but I have to show it because I just, I got to pay tribute. So got really sick last week. You might've noticed that with my social, it went kind of stale. Uh, got an opportunity though, to rewatch the big short. Great movie, by the way, if you haven't watched it. Um, and there's this quote that uh, was given that Brad Pitt, one of the actors, is playing around uh, the short, around predicting that the market's going to go down. And I heard this data piece, and I, I was like, is that for real? Is that real? And it is. And so I want, I want you to see this. I want to kind of get your reaction about this. Uh, this is a prediction, or this is just after they figured out a way to short the banks. They finally got the banks to sell them uh, these short positions, uh, these short positions on uh, mortgages, and they're celebrating like they're 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 like they're just super excited. These young kids, right? And so I, I want to play this because the data piece on this it's sobering. And so I, you know, I've been calling a short for a while. I've been kind of this vulture waiting to go in with cash and buy a bunch of assets and get you know repositioned in the market really strong. And as much as a lot of people think that's cool and that you know it's sexy or whatever, uh, unfortunately, there's some massive negative repercussions. And I'm really looking at 
at this from someone who can make a difference of like, how do we deal with this, but not have this kind of impact? And it's, it's bad guys. People die because of recessions. And so that's, that's what we're going to highlight here really quick. So I want to show you this clip just to put you in the know. And this is just a great talking piece, you know, maybe over dinner tonight or with your friends over the weekend. But here it is. Come on, we just made the deal of our lifetimes. We should celebrate. We just bet against the American economy. Fuck yeah, we did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Which means, oh. which means, <laughs> if we're right, if we're right, people lose homes, people lose jobs, people lose retirement savings, people lose pensions. You know what I hate about fucking banking? It reduces people to numbers. Here's a number. Every 1% unemployment goes up, 40,000 people die. Did you know that? No. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. We were just excited. Just don't fucking dance. All right. Where are you going? Whoa, I just got really scared. So I'm watching this as I'm watching the market. And I'm going to bring up the last segment of our podcast, and that's the S&P 500. I know I'm over on time, but I'm going to do it anyways, guys. I think you deserve this. So for those of you who want to stick around, great. If you got somewhere to be, you know, have a great weekend. But I want to show you the S&P 500 right now because I was watching this setup before it happened. And I'm like having this moment where it's like, I think we're here. I think, I think it, we're there. Unemployment's coming up. Consumer spending this month. We're going to see it. We're going to probably have the worst Christmas we've had in the last three years. Like, I... The only thing that could save this is more stimulus. And then we're in a debt spiral, guys. Then you need to, the play there is buy assets like gold and silver because the dollar is just going to go to crap, right? But what you want to be paying attention to, let me let me show you the S&P 500. Bring this up. I kind of saw this and I was like, oh my gosh, this might be a really great time to reposition in a short trade on the S&P 500. And... Then I watched the big short and I'm like, oh my gosh, for every 1%, 1% in unemployment, because that's like, I'm kind of cheering for it. You guys have heard me. It's like, it has to go up. There's no way it's, it can maintain where it's at, right? We've had all time low unemployment. And when I finally saw this, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty heavy. And I'm predicting unemployment to go up to like five, six percent, by the way. And we're at like 3.8%. So that's an almost a 2% hike. That's 80,000 deaths, 80,000. And you can do the research, go online, Google, why does this happen? Uh, it's actually really interesting, but it's real. And the data has been tracked and recorded for years. And so it's kind of a sobering thought. And I'm trying to think of like ways to really make a difference while you know, profiting during this downturn, but also like, how do I make a difference so that, you know, we make this at least, you know, even if it's one person, we, we shave off some of the numbers off the statistic, you know, I'd love to have it be half a percent, uh, or excuse me, 2% for every 40,000 rather than one, uh, the next time this crash happens. But let me show you what's going on in the S&P 500. And, you know, I could do this for hours with you guys, and maybe some of you would love that. But I want to show you what's going on here. Uh, what? Where'd it go? Well, I'm going to have to switch this over. Let me set this up really quick, guys. And I'm going to give you the technicals on the S&P right now. And it is not great. In fact, it, uh, it's kind of sobering. And you got to get that the S&P 500 represents, you know, 500 different companies, seven of which have been propping it up. So seven out of the 500 have actually been what's kept the market up. All the other 493 other companies have actually had neutral to negative gains this year. There's only been seven that have been propping the market up. And uh, because of that, when the seven finally start to have a drop, that's when you're gonna see the market fall out. And frankly, AI has been this hype that has brought consumer confidence into the markets. And I'm in AI, guys. I'm heavily in AI. I would say I'm one of the top thought leaders in AI in the state. And because of that, I've been watching it really close, watching how quickly it's going to impact the markets, impact companies. And frankly, it's not the saving grace that's going to fix the economy. It's just not. We're going to have to go through a massive recession 
before AI comes out and we start to see how companies can use this. Because frankly, I've been talking to CTOs of Fortune 500 companies and they don't even understand the tech. Like they're not even up to speed on what this can do. So it's going to take years to integrate. And I think the market was hoping it was going to just like somehow fix this hole and this bubble that we created. And it could have, but I just don't think it's going to do that now. If you look at a daily chart, so here's a, here's the S&P 500. Here's the growth that we've had. And then here's the new trend. This is a very well-established new trend into the downside. And this week, by the way, this week it was on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't, I don't remember what day it was specifically, but this week we actually had one of the largest drops in the S&P 500 that we've had all year uh, up until I think it was, was it April or February of this month? So we actually had one of the largest drops in the S&P 500 this week. And the market is reacted, the news is reacted, but I want to show you and build you guys some charts on what this looks like. Oh, let's back that up. So actually don't want that chart. So let me show you the nonlinear side of this. If we are going into a very shallow trend, we've obviously got this trend going on. We actually just had a breakout today in this very narrow short trend. These are more, the tighter they are, the easier they are to break out, meaning like the, the trend won't continue. But this really broad one is kind of an easy one that I would count on holding. And you can see why the price bounced uh, to the upside. It hit 4,200. We've been really struggling to get out of this 4,600 range. My prediction is we're going to see 4,000s again. And I it's going to be this breakout. We're going to be playing inside of this channel. And there's some other support and resistance here, by the way. I just don't have time to do all this, guys. We've got some light support that was here that now is going to be resistance. And we're going to have consolidation now because of the 4200 range and to here. And I'll keep this chart up. Let me save this. And this is what next week's going to be like. Unless we get some fundamental news, which I am, I, I just, I don't think we're going to have good news next week. I think we're going to have more bad than good that likely will have this pushing. So what you'll see if I were to zoom this in is you're going to see the price testing 42, testing 42, testing 42. If we don't have strong fundamental news, it's like the world's coming to an end. But if you take, what did I talk about early in my, uh, in my outline today? We talked about government shutdown. That's supposed to be happening. It was at 90%. So there was like a 10% chance because of the whole house thing and Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates debacle, it's like 100% guarantee that's going to happen. That's going to shrink consumer spending for a period. You're going to see that come out in the numbers. And that, I just don't know how the news is not going to be talking about government shutdown, the new house speaker, and how that's going to impact the markets. I just don't know how it's going to do it. And so you have what's called your smart investors, your dumb investors, or your retail investors, your institutional investors. And your retail investors are going to react to this and they have enough power to push this down. Will it be enough to break 42? I don't know. We'll see if the news comes in negative or we have some really negative news on the economic calendar. I would expect a breakout, guys. And when we have this breakout below 42, guess what our new number is? It's 4,000. And so that this is a big play. I'm just setting you up for this. This breakout is a big play. There, for, just do the math on you know whatever you're trading, whether it's forex futures options. To make a prediction from forty-two to four thousand is a big play, and there's a lot of movement there. Movement means money, and my, I'm just I'm favoring it to the short side. So we'll have to take this day by day. But next Friday, if this hasn't broke, uh, and we're still in this short extended trend. We're going to be watching this 4,200 level really close towards the end of the year. And uh, yeah, and that kind of wraps up our market pull summary for the week. So summarizing, guys, we've got gold. Gold is in the, into the short position right now. Long term, we like it uh, because of inflation and this debt spiral that we'll go into. But that's more of like a six-month year outlook. Uh, short term, it looks pretty bearish. S&P 500 based on fundamentals and a technical analysis 
Short seems to be the direction. And we're above, I mean, this is a really great candle, by the way, on the day. We're up into this level, kind of above the center of this channel or this uh, between our support and resistance levels. So you actually have some favorable short side on the technicals. I mean, it'd be easy to capture some short movement even into the halfway uh, place, which is like 42.71. So anyways, that summarizes our day today. Hope you guys have a great weekend uh, over over uh, October's, what is it? October 6th weekend. And next week I'm doing our real estate uh, overview. So I've got, I'm not going to show it. I've got some great news about real estate and it's not good news. It's great because it's fun to talk about, but the US market, it, housing market is crashing. It is dropping. I don't care what you hear about the news or from your friends, the data that I got, which I get about two weeks before any of the news starts reporting on it is negative. And so into next week, you may start to hear some negative uh, news on this data, but it's likely gonna be the week after and Friday next week, I'm gonna be plugging you in on what the data says you can, you can go to my charts. They're already updated and it's bad guys. Uh, housing prices are dropping. Listing counts are going up despite everything everyone was saying about inventory levels, which is exactly the same bull crap that they were feeding us in 2006. So anyways, there you go, guys. Have a great weekend. See you same time, same place next week. And uh, yeah, look forward to doing our real estate overview next week. So you guys have a good weekend. Thank you.